It's Midday Magazine for Friday, June 23rd. Happy Friday, and I'm Shelby Herbert. Polynesian voyagers left Juneau last week to embark on a four-year journey. They plan to circumnavigate the Pacific Rim in the Hokulea, a twin-hulled canoe. And Petersburg is anticipating its arrival. KFSK's Hannah Floor sat in as tribal members practiced a welcome song. A couple dozen people form a circle in folding chairs at the John Henson Senior Hall. They're here to practice a song that Diane Benson wrote and gifted to the Petersburg tribe. The song is in Fingit. The lyrics roughly translate to, The door was open for us on Hingut land. Let's gather together. The song is one of welcome, but Benson says it has a deeper meaning as well. It's a reminder. It's a reminder that it's always been open to us. This this world, this Hingut world and way of being and, and thinking and enjoying and and being community, that is open to us. All we have to do is go in and be who we are. Many of the people practicing the song have never spoken these particular words in Shingit before. That's because state and church policies created a multi-generational gap in languages and traditional ways of life. But Benson says that a lack of fluency doesn't indicate a lack of connection to Hlingit culture. Just because you are not fluent in the language or you feel like, well, we've lost these things. No, it's just in a different place and you're finding it again. You still have it in you. And when we sing, we sing and we hear and feel our ancestors when the twin-hulled canoe makes its way into Petersburg, it will arrive from the north. There will be bonfires at Hungry Point and along the Wrangell Narrows. Kids from the Johnson O'Malley Foundation will encircle the fires, drumming. Victoria Moore is one of those eagerly awaiting the Hokulea's arrival in Petersburg. Knowing my ancestors have been on that point, welcoming where there's been negotiations and so on, our history. So it's wonderful to be a part of. But she's also thankful for the moments here, practicing the welcome song. I have my son, Alex, and Alex is autistic. And this has been an absolute joy for me to see how involved he wants to be, and he loves to sing and dance, and it's been a long time. A movement towards language revitalization has been growing in Alaska since the early 2000s. Indigenous language classes are now available through the University of Alaska and taught online, in schools, even at public libraries and places of employment. Those efforts are helping to close the generational gap in cultural understanding. Many of those at the John Hansen Senior Hall are young people. Diane Benson says she was struck by how naturally they took to drumming and singing the words in Klingit. I was so inspired by their um, 
the way they just dove right in and the way that they connected so quickly that it literally felt like ancestors being present. Until the canoe reaches Petersburg's South Harbor, drummers and dancers of all ages will continue to practice. Reporting in Petersburg, I'm Hannah Floor. The Hokulea is expected to arrive in Petersburg on Sunday, June 25th. After a brief stay, the Hokulea and her crew will move on to Wrangell, Ketchikan, Saxman, Metlakatla, and Heidelberg. The 50-year-old State Ferry Columbia is out of service for at least a week for two maintenance issues, a bow thruster problem and leaking pipes. The ferry was scheduled to sail through southeast Alaska and south to Washington State all summer. Now it's in the Vigor shipyard in Ketchikan until at least June 28th. Sam Dapsevich is a spokesperson for the State Department of Transportation. The Coast Guard was on board the vessel. They inspected it. Um, we make sure that our vessels are safe to operate. So uh, that's the focus right now. The Columbia is the largest of the state's mainline ferries. It stretches 418 feet and can carry nearly 500 passengers. Last week, the crew noticed leaks in the pipes that carry salt water for the fire suppression system. Dapsevich says that's been an ongoing issue with the old ship. They would fix one section but then locate it in another section. So the permanent repairs that were made are good, but we found more rust in a couple other areas or more corrosion. Then, while the Columbia was in Skagway on Monday, workers noticed one of the bow thrusters having issues. The part is needed for guiding the large vessel while docking. Ferry system managers decided to send the Columbia from Skagway to the Ketchikan boatyard with no passengers on board. Some passengers in Skagway were able to take another ferry, the Hubbard, to Haines or Juneau. Others had their trips canceled. All Columbia sailings through June 27th are canceled. Dapsevich says before the ferry can sail through international waters on its way south, the fire main pipes must be tested for pressure. After repairs, the ferry is scheduled to resume sailing to Bellingham, Washington on the 28th. This week, Governor Mike Dunleavy vetoed $10 million in Alaska Marine Highway money from the operating budget that the legislature approved. Dapsevich says the veto isn't shortchanging the ferry service. He says it was contingency money in case new federal funding came in low. That veto was done so that they wouldn't tie up uh, general funds on an unneeded contingency. Dapsevich says if the expected federal funding doesn't come through, the state could use money from passenger fares to make up the difference. Among the projects Governor Mike Dunleavy vetoed from the state budget on Monday was salmon research to help determine the causes of the Chinook and Chum crisis in western Alaska. Dunleavy vetoed about half a million dollars for research on the origins of salmon caught by accident in the Bering Sea Pollock fishery, as well as the origin of salmon intercepted by fishermen off the Alaskan Peninsula in what's known as Area M. 
The Bering Sea Fishermen's Association was to receive the money and pass it on to a partnership of federal and university scientists. The association's director, Karen Gillis, says Dunleavy also vetoed the project last year. You never know um, what's going to come of these budgets, but this is quite a disappointment again. For the fourth season in a row, subsistence fishermen on the Yukon and Kuskokwim are shut down or severely restricted. Chinook and Chum are returning to those rivers in numbers, so low that there is barely enough to meet escapement targets for spawning. Fury is building in the region that thousands of Chinook and Chum are caught every season in the Bering Sea and Area M fisheries. Prior research has shown that only a portion of that salmon bycatch was destined for western Alaska rivers, with many of the fish originating from Asia. Gillis says more research is needed to help understand the policy implications of management decisions. The genetic work that's been done to date lumps the Northern Sound, Yukon, Kuskokwim, and Bristol Bay stocks into something called coastal western Alaska. So what this work does is um, studies the otoliths from adult salmon to determine their geographic location or their birthplace, basically. Otoliths, or ear bones, of salmon bear the chemical fingerprint of the freshwater the fish has swum through, allowing scientists to determine not just which side of the Pacific the fish originated, but which river system. Gillis says last year's veto halted the project. She says there may be another source for the funding. The governor's spokesman says the Alaska Department of Fish and Game did not believe the study would meet its objectives. And he says that $100,000 of the total would have gone to the University of Washington for overhead. Miscommunication and an out-of-date navigational chart were found to be the factors when a Royal Caribbean cruise ship slammed into the dock at the Sitka Sound Cruise Terminal last summer. The National Transportation Safety Board released a 14-page report on the incident late last month. On the morning of May 9, 2022, the radiance of the seas was pulling into port in Sitka when it struck a mooring dolphin. While no injuries were reported in the accident, damage to the pier was estimated at over $2 million, and that part of the dock was unusable for the first half of the summer season while awaiting a repair. The NTSB report d- details communication between the master, pilots, and the bosun of the ship leading up to the accident. It found that the bridge team had relied heavily on electronic navigational charts, charts to dock the vessel, which included incorrect information about the dock's length. The Sitka Sound Cruise Terminal dock was extended by nearly 400 feet in 2021. The NTSB found that the new length had not been reported to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, which led to the navigational chart being out of date and may have been a contributing factor to the accident. The NTSB also found the master of the ship misunderstood directions and information about the boat's distance from the pier being called out by a crew member while the vessel was rotating. Weather was good and conditions were clear with 10-mile visibility as the ship was approaching the pier. And the report found that the bridge team should have seen the dock extension and maneuvered the boat accordingly. They also had radar technology and cameras available to assist with their approach, but instead relied too heavily on their electronic charts to determine the vessel's relative position to the pier.
Three-year-old Remy had a big day earlier this month when he received an award for reading a thousand books with his parents. It's part of a national program through the Unalaska Public Library aimed at getting caretakers to read to their children before they enter kindergarten. Hope McKinney reports from Unalaska. Should we get your library tickets out? Remy walks into the newly renovated library, hand in hand with his dad, Carlos Tayag, his library card hanging from a carabiner across his chest. The three-year-old approaches the desk, his eyes just above the countertop, and hands a form to the librarian, titles of different children's books scribbled on the gridded white sheet. Library staff greet him with a paper certificate and a medal on a sparkling gold ribbon that reads 1,000 books before kindergarten. Did you guys find the, um, the prizes yet? We did. We have some prizes ready for you. Do you know why? Huh? Because you listened to 1,000 books. 1,000 books. Remy's receiving this award because of a nationwide initiative to encourage families to read together and to prepare little ones for kindergarten. About four kids on the island have completed the program in about as many years, according to library staff. It sounds a little daunting, but if you just even read one book a day with a kid, it, it takes, you know what, like two and a half years for them to make it to a thousand. That's city librarian Karen Kresh, who's having a particularly exciting Friday morning at the Unalaska Public Library. Today was a very big day in our family because my son, Remy, who's three, finished his 1,000 books. So he brought in his all of his blogs. We've been saving in his blogs uh, from zero to 1,000, and um, we finally finished them this past week. Crush and her husband started reading to Remy when he was just a few days old. I think books, uh, especially for kids that may live in like a small town or kind of have a small environment it opens up a lot of worlds for them in imagination. Kresh says families can stop by the children's room to pick up all kinds of stories. Some of her favorites are the Bustletown series, Fairy Song, and Z is for Moose. Reading with your children, she says, can help them learn vocabulary they might not pick up from everyday conversations. They'll learn narrative skills and how to tell stories themselves, and it'll give them a boost with reading comprehension. And finally, it's just about quality time together, quality, quiet, cozy time that you um, are spending with your child, both focused on the same thing and cuddled up together. And that's so good for a child's brain development and their emotional development. And reading time is really good for families in that way, too. For Remy, whose favorite books are about construction, it wasn't about getting an award, according to Tyag. But he says he hopes his son will look back one day and think it was really cool that his parents made an effort to spend time together and read. Reading has kind of fostered his growth and brain development. And, you know, it's amazing to watch. Like, we had a baby, and now we have a three-and-a-half-year-old who uh, talks and can recognize letters and, um, you know, is beginning. He's beginning to read on his own. He can recognize some, like, three-letter words. And I don't even really know how that happened. It just happened, you know. Um, But I think it all has to do with that we took the time to read books with him. Remy starts preschool this fall. His dad says reading at home has helped prepare him for the transition. In Unalaska, I'm Hope McKinney.
For full disclosure, Carlos Tayag is an employee of Coast Alaska member station KUCD in Alaska. For KFSK, I'm Shelby Herbert.